Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. For better, for worse, uh, is the series we're going to be talking about today. And next week is the conference. The following week, Pastor Johnny will be wrapping it up. Um, but let's, first of all, do something. Let's, first of all, address our comments to all of you that are single right now for whatever reason in your life. And I've always said it. Let me say it again. Uh, you are not a second-class saint by any means, all right? And you're going to see that in a moment. Hopefully, you already know it. But uh, you shouldn't hang your head for any reason. Uh, don't ever start, stop. Um, I should back up. You don't ever start doubting that God can meet the desires of your heart. And if your desire is to get married, God's cooking up somebody right now, all right? So just believe that and start thanking him in faith for that wonderful person that's coming into your life. That was a bad response, singles. I mean, you... uh, I know that those of you that are single at Red Bug in Michigan gave a bigger shout out than I heard here, right? But now they're getting a little excited. But uh, if it's your desire, I believe, and you say, Pastor, it's been 15 years. Well, this may be the year, all right? So you just start praising God. Uh, I met Alice in church. I think church is one of the best places to meet somebody. How many of you met your spouse in church? How many of you met him in a bar? All right, a few of you met them in the bar. Well, at least you're out of the bar into the church, all right? So uh, you may have met them there, but you left that place behind. Uh, I'll tell you what I'd do if I was single. If I came to Orlando and came to this church as a single young man, my 20s, I'd be at the singles meeting today at 1 o'clock, all right? And if they're doing worship, I'm going to be worshiping. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. I'd be looking for Alice. Okay, all right, I'm going to make that plain. But uh, I'd be at The Voice tonight. Oh, yes, I would. I'd be there at 7 o'clock. I'd do the same thing. Jesus, have mercy. All right. Uh, Thank God for the kingdom of Christ. All right, so full of wonderful, incredible, beautiful ladies that love Jesus, too, on top of that. All right, so... It's a wonderful place to meet somebody, so uh, go out of your way. I mean, hey, this is an incredible place. So uh, don't give, lose hope, uh, have hope in Jesus Christ. Let me say, though, to all of those of you that are single for whatever reason, and I'm going to address you some to start with, marriage will not make you happy. Now, after I've got you all excited, now I tell you, marriage will not make you happy, all right? If you're not already happy, If you're not already happy, you better get happy. And the only way you're going to really get happy is in Jesus, all right? But get happy in Jesus and uh, grow in Christ. Become everything Christ wants you to become. And uh, then when you meet somebody, they bring happiness into your life for sure. But you got to be happy first. Don't look for somebody to make you happy. And marriage will not make you complete. It will not. I know I've heard people, well-meaning people, and I know what they mean when they say, oh, they make me so complete. 
No, they do not. All right, so anyway, only Jesus can make you complete. And uh, I've got a scripture for you, all right? It's Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So every single person in the building say, I'm complete. I'm complete. You don't need a man. You don't need a woman to make you complete because you are complete in Jesus. And then, of course, that person will bring value and happiness uh, and, uh, and you'll feel like, you know, you'll feel like now I'm complete, but you've been made complete in Christ. Well, you don't need a man or a woman to solve your problems. And you certainly don't need a man or a woman to become your problem, all right? So make sure that uh, the dating process is really a vetting process, all right? Uh, you are to be vetting this person to see if that's the kind of person you even want to marry. And so, do you even know what kind of person you want to marry? If you already hadn't got a sketch in your mind, you're liable to take anything that shows up and is breathing, all right? So, make sure you and Jesus both know what you're looking for, all right? Ladies, we found the perfect man. We found the perfect man, and... Um, I'm already married. Anyway, and so, uh, uh, no, we found the, my wife can fill you in, that's not true, all right? But uh, she thought she was marrying the perfect man, and then she married me. All right, so anyway, we go, we're going to show you a video, though, to give you a guideline of what a perfect man is. Oh, hey, honey, I just got home from work. You have a house project for me to work on? Awesome. I love working all day and then coming home and working all night as well. Nothing I'd rather do every single night than work on some more work. I love when you tell me how to drive. It makes me feel super safe. Plus, I've been in zero accidents and you've been in four just this year, so you're totally qualified to tell me how to drive. Hi, honey. Yes, so glad you called. I actually was just thinking about how much work I have to get done today, and I could totally use a call from my wife. Hey honey, I'm just looking at the bank statements. I love that you are spending $9 on a drink at Starbucks every day. There's no way you could make the same coffee for a fraction of the price here at home. Yes, I would like to hang out with your family instead of my friends. They're way too fun anyways. You constantly gasping and pointing out things while I'm driving makes me feel super uneasy, which I love. You called me to tell me that you went through the drive-thru instead of going into Starbucks today? Wow, what riveting information. Glad that that couldn't have waited until tonight. Wow, thanks for cooking dinner again tonight. Yes, it was a little burnt, but I love eating burnt food. There's nothing more I'd rather eat than a burnt piece of lasagna. I would love to watch The Bachelor instead of Monday Night Football tonight, especially because everyone on that show is super rational and doesn't need any therapy. No, no, no. Keep rambling on about your sister. I would love to spend another half hour listening to you talk about the same thing over and over again. Work can wait. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, can't believe she said that. Of course I would love to do the dishes instead of watch the football game. Dishes are fun. <sighs> Uh-huh. Yep. Wow! Really, really, really expensive makeup just went on sale at Ulta for the same price as normal stuff? I'm headed there right now. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we can tell some of you related to some of that. All right. So, anyway, 
you are, when you are looking for someone, you want what God wants or who God has for you, but you got to do your part. I suggest that you come up with an application, all right, and uh, just hand it to a prospective person that wants to date you, and you need to have some things on there, questions like, number one, have you been born again? If so, when? Give evidence of a changed life. List 10 witnesses who will verify that you are born again. Don't tell me you can't come up with anybody. Number two, are you baptized in water? If not, why not? Are you willing to be baptized at faith this month, signing up today? Yes or no? Number three, do you tithe? If not, why not? Oh, you can't afford to tithe? Well, you can't afford not to tithe, and you can't afford me if you don't tithe. So anyway, uh, ladies, you need to see if he's generous. When you go out for lunch and the bill comes to $17.45, if he looks at you and says, uh, what's 15% of $17.45? And you say, um, that would be $2.61. Do you have a penny I can borrow? Listen, start thinking about somebody that you could pawn off on this person. All right, so anyway, I'm kidding, of course. But I believe in saving. I believe in being frugal. But I believe in being generous. And I believe, any waitresses or waiters in the crowd today, I believe that if you work in a cheaper restaurant, that the tip should be bigger. I mean, you know, I, they can't help because you go to a cheap restaurant, all right? So they, uh, they have to live too. So uh, take care of them. Do, a right, do them right, all right? Um, number four, ask, how do you treat your mom and dad? And then make sure you uh, observe when you are around them. Number five, do you lie? I had a couple years ago, two weeks after we married them, they came back and she said, Pastor, I, he didn't tell me. He's $50,000 in debt. I'm like, get rid. No, I didn't say that. I uh, <laughs> said, you should have done a little better of a vetting process, all right, to find out. But uh, she stayed with him. But then she had $50,000 debt. And the day before the wedding, she had none. All right, number six. Are they kind to people? Are they loving to people? And do they love the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind, and strength? Boy, about two or three years ago, I saw something on television. It was phenomenal. I was watching a pastor. He was, had a big church in, somewhere in Africa, the continent of Africa. I forgot which country. But uh, he had this huge church. All these people were packed in there, and he was very dynamic, and he was up speaking, and he said uh, something about marriage, and then he said, brother so-and-so, and he pointed over here, and he said, stand up. God's gonna give you a wife today. And I'm like, oh my. This has just ramped up to a different level. And he looks over here, and he says, I forgot what her name was, Mary or something, he says, stand up. He says, this is your husband, and this is your wife. And she was like, yay. She looked over. She's like, yay, 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 yay. Uh, you don't mind if we start doing that here, do you? And so uh, <laughs> you act like you don't trust me or something. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it increased attendance or decreased attendance. I'm not sure which one. But uh, maybe, Pastor Son, you can think about doing it in the voice. I don't know. But anyway, uh, for those of you that are married, let's change gears a little bit. 
For those of you that are married, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 33, 34. Let me just look at the board. It says, but he who is married cares about the things of the world. Now that, Paul is not referencing something bad. He's just saying, you got to care about the things of the world. Uh, versus Paul saying, I I'm not married at this point. Um, and uh, you, if you are not married, you can be used greatly of God. But there's nothing wrong, he says, with being married. Of course not. He says, but if you're married, you got to have focus that you got to please your wife. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. So, husbands, I ask you the question. Are you pleasing your wife? Wives, are you pleasing your husband? That is one of the main points about marriage. It's not receiving. It is giving. It is pleasing. It is ministering to them. Uh, not take, 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 uh, and uh, dish out. No, it is a, a mutual serving one another, a mutual loving each other. We all have heard there are three main categories of problems in uh, any given uh, marriage or especially when there's been a divorce. Um, and one of them is money. And last week, Dave Ramsey in the course we listened to said money was the number one cause of divorce. I have to take his word for it. So if it is, you and I, if you're married, you have got to get this down, all right? You've got to get on the same page. You need to be here on Wednesday night. You need to listen to these videos. You need to do something now, while you are still young or wherever you're at in your age or uh, years of marriage, there was a lady that walked out last Wednesday night. She's a little bit, uh, you would say she's a senior citizen. And I said, oh, you probably got your act together already. She said, Pastor, I just wish that I had heard this 40 years ago. So the good news is you can hear it now and you don't have to say that statement 40 years from now. Are you still with us at Michigan Street and at Red Buck? Uh, I know on Thursday night that we're doing it over at Michigan too, so if you can't make Wednesday night here or you're over there, go check it out on Thursday night at Michigan Street. Uh, but anyway, the need to do this is, I believe, absolutely essential. This is a great blessing. So. If you have not signed up, here it is again on the screen right now during this message. You can sign up for something that can change your life and the generations that follow you. All right, number two. Number two is this, communication. Communication. So there can be problems in money, and boy, there can be problems in communication. Because how many of you know women speak differently. You thought I was going to say more, but uh, I didn't say that. And don't quote me as saying it, but women speak differently. Uh, they process words differently, many times, differently than men. And men sometimes are like, God, help me to understand my wife. Um, and uh, Anyway, but you got to listen, but you got to talk, and, and I, I found myself doing something, and I think most of you men did this also. 
I met Alice. She looked good. She had taboo perfume on that night. Uh, I love taboo. And, uh, and I took her home early from an incredible dinner. Uh, I wasn't cheap. I took her to a nice restaurant. I don't know how I afforded it. But anyway, I did. I took her home early. I drove straight to the church, went to the altar, got on my knees, and I said, Lord, don't let my emotions get ahead of your will. And so uh, that's critical in any kind of dating relationship. Communication, though, I found easy before we got married. When I was dating her, I, I sat there and talked, talked, talked. That's not generally my nature. I was shy most of all my life growing up. I, I just sat there and talked, talked, talked. Hey, uh, let me just check you out, ladies out. How many of your husband talked, 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 talked before you got married? Some of you are ashamed to raise, don't, you're, you don't want to raise your hand and embarrass him, but uh, he hadn't said many words since then, all right? But what happens, a man talks, 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 and then when I got married, I mean, literally, it was like, reached up there and turned that switch off. And I'd go home, instead of talking long conversations, I would grunt, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. And, uh, and I had a wonderful life. I, had, I was a youth pastor here. I uh, had a wonderful wife. I had the TV. And uh, I mean, what more does a man need? And so I got uh, to a place where she started telling me, she said, honey, you don't talk to me enough. And I first, when she first said it, I was, honey, that would be a fault. And I don't have one. And so I, I, I literally did not believe her. I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And she said it again. And she said it again. And she had the gall to say it again. <laughs> Thank God for a wife that won't let you get away with stuff. And she didn't let me get away with it. And I finally had to come to terms with it and realize that I wasn't talking to her enough. And I needed to start talking and communicating more. Well, man, I'm going to give you some tips here on... Uh, some of the translation that takes place between men and women in language. Men, so listen, if there's ever an argument, I don't believe in fighting and screaming at each other and doing that kind of thing and, you know, causing the kid, your kids to have nervous breakdowns, all right? But all couples will have minimal disagreements, little arguments, and you can go to your bedroom and you can learn to argue softly, softly without uh, scaring the daylights out of the kids, all right? But men, when it happens and she says this word, fine. <gasps> Stop, men, right there. Stop and remember this service, all right? This is a word women use to end an argument when they are right and you need to be quiet. So when she says, fine, just drop it, all right? And then when she says, nothing, nothing, this is a calm before the storm, all right? This, this means something and you should be on your toes. Arguments that begin with nothing usually end with fine, all right? So... Then when she says, go ahead, go ahead, this is a dare. It is not permission. <laughs> Don't do it. And then the ultimate dangerous phrase, that's okay. This is one of the most dangerous elements or statements that a woman can make to a man. That's okay means that she wants to think long and hard before deciding how and when you will pay for your mistake. Sexual intimacy is the third one that causes problems in marriages. Why? 
Do we get these simple things wrong so often? All right, so we're not going to dwell on it, but let me give you a scripture. 1 Corinthians 7, 3 and 4. Let the husband render or give to his wife the affection due her. She is due affection, not just sexual intimacy, but uh, emotional support, uh, kindness, embrace. All right, well, that involves a lot of thing, things. But likewise, also the wife to her husband, render to him. The wife does not have authority over her own body. That was news there, right? But the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Wow. So get the scripture ingrained in your spirit and don't allow the enemy to cause division from something God created for men and women to enjoy as husband and wife. And then it reminds me of a story. Uh, a middle-aged woman, I guess in her 40s, mid-40s, or late 40s, was over at her mother's house and her husband was talking to her dad. She's in the kitchen and she's talking to her mother and she said, Mom, yeah, we've been going through a little thing. She said, I, I'm just not interested in intimacy anymore. And he is, and so it's causing some problems. And this mother, who is like 70, in her 70s, looks over at her daughter and says, Honey, why would you deprive your husband of something that makes him so happy and take so little time. And so, <laughs> grandma's got good advice, all right? So anyway, and, and, the, and I know there's some that are gonna say, but he doesn't meet my emotional needs. He doesn't talk to me enough. He doesn't do this and this and this. Well, let me just say to you, being intimate with your husband will meet your emotional needs uh, because you are serving him, as Paul said. So, what? Oh my goodness. They said they wanted to get married, and so I guess they were serious about this. So, boy, you just couldn't wait to marry this girl, could you? All right, well, David, I don't blame you. She's a wonderful young lady. Uh, you guys don't mind if we marry this couple? All right, well, let's do it. All right. Maybe there's some of the rest of you need to get lined up behind them, all right? So, and if you just happen to be living together and you love each other and uh, you can get married, we'll marry you in that chapel. You can walk in there as soon as you get your license. Uh, we'll marry you and you'll walk out married, all right? So, what in the world? Oh, oh well, okay. Well, David, Michelle, Boy, you just couldn't wait, could you? All right, so we got plenty of witnesses. Boy, you better follow through or they'll be all over you. All right, so now let's go ahead and do it if you don't mind. We're gathered in the sight of God and in the presence of this company to join together this man and this woman in holy matrimony. The Bible teaches us that marriage is a holy institution established in heaven by the divine wisdom and kindness of God. Wow. Man 
and being made last of all God's creatures was set forth as the best and most excellent of all God's creative works. So Eve, being made after Adam and out of him, sets an honor upon the woman as being the glory of man. If the man is the head, she is the crown, a crown to her husband. The man was dust refined, but the woman was doubly refined, one step further from the earth. In being created from man or out of man, she was not out of his head to dominate or to be over him, nor out of his feet to be under him or trampled upon by him, but out of his side to be equal with him from under his arm to be protected by him and near to his heart to be loved by him. David, you're about to take upon yourself a pure and solemn vow incurring serious and lasting responsibilities. The woman of your choice is now to become the partner of your life, the co-heir of your possessions, the queen of your home. In no other way could she so manifest her love for you. With you will she now abide, and for you will she live. Michelle, you're also to assume important responsibilities. He whom you're about to wed will look to you for solace in the hour of trial. Your smile should be his brightest day. Your voice is sweetest music. Your industry his greatest wealth. Your economy his safest steward. Your lips his faithful counselor. And your prayers his able advocate at heaven's court. Do you, David, standing in the presence of God in these witnesses, solemnly pledge your faith to Michelle? Do you promise to live with her according to God's ordinance and the holiest state of matrimony? Do you promise to love her, comfort her, honor, keep her, keep yourself only unto her, and through God's grace, promise to be to her a faithful and devoted husband as long as you both shall live for, for better, for worse? I do. Good. Michelle, do you take David as your husband for better, for worse, submitting yourself to him as unto the Lord, showing reverence to him as the head of this union for the rest of your lives? I do. <laughs> then let me charge you guys. Now let me speak to your hearts. I charge you both as you hope for happiness in your married life to be true to these vows you have made to each other. With your marriage from this day, you begin life anew with larger responsibilities. David, guard well this your bride who now commits herself into your keeping and strive so to live in the Lord that no word or deed of yours shall cloud her brow with grief or dim her eyes with tears. Michelle, it will be your part to retain by your virtues the heart you have won by your graces. And to you both, I would say, let not your voices lose the tender tones of affection, nor your eyes forget the tender ray with which they shone in courtship's days. 
And greatest of all, let God be enthroned above all else at all times. For whom God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. For as much as David and Michelle have consented together in holy wedlock, and witness the same before God and this company, and thereto have given and pledged their faith each to the other, and have joined hands, I pronounce that they are husband and wife, no longer two, but one, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hmm, wait a minute, David. Before I, before I say you may kiss your bride, what is this stuff? Both of you have brought all kind of things, looks like baggage, in with you to this ceremony. So, David, I'm going to check yours out first. Ooh, jealousy? Did you know about this, Michelle? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, when we got married, everyone that's married in here, all of us, came to the altar area or wherever we stood, bringing some of this with us. Jealousy, bodily self-image issues. Well, the good news is, David, jealousy or otherwise, you can put it on the altar. That's where it needs to go, David. So why don't you just put it on the altar there? Wow. Uh, your parents divorced. Let me say right now that none of this is about them. They're paid actors, okay? And so anyway, <laughs> divorced parents. I don't know what your parental situation was. I just know that there are people whose parents got a divorce and it impacted their lives to some degree or another. And maybe God has turned it all around, but it still had a negative impact. And I don't want you, any of you, to feel bad about what's happened in the past, but I do want you to recognize what some people do not, that there are always consequences when we deviate from God's Word. And maybe it wasn't your fault, so even more so, hold your head high. But I know my parents got a divorce when I was like 21. It was embarrassing. It brought shame to me. I hurt as a result. I felt like even though my family and my mar their marriage wasn't perfect for a long time, I, I, it was so impacting into my life. You have to forgive. You have to get over. You have to put it on the cross the altar. There are all kinds of issues that we bring. Here's one. Father issues. Boy, there's a lot of people that have father issues. You know, they say most of the guys in jail did not have a father figure in their home. I assume the preponderance of truth about that and, and thinking what a difference a father that cared for them and loved them would have made in their lives. Years ago, I met with a group of men and mostly business guys. And, and I, one day I went around the table and I said, guys, how many of you ever heard your dad say, I love you? And for most sitting at that table, most of them had to admit, I never heard my dad say that. 
Dads, tell your kids today before the day is over, you love them. Father issues can be a real problem. Even in my own life, the first year of Bible college, think about it, the first year, I'm in Bible college, called into the ministry. And before I went to Bible college, I discovered that I didn't even know my dad. Didn't even know him. I did not know that he had a serious drinking problem. I thought every night when he left, he went to help older people in the community and talk to them. And I it was a little farming community and I was totally blown away when I started driving and I saw his truck at a liquor store. And then I wondered why he never went to our basketball games or my graduation or why? Because many of those times he was out with some woman and I had no idea. My idea of my dad was he was up here. And then to discover the reality was so painful and hurtful that I started hating him. As a Bible college student, I hated him and I wanted him to die. And I thought about him dying often because that would, you know, I thought make things better because he had hurt the family so much. And I went home one time and I said, I'm going to go give him a piece of my mind. And the Holy Spirit said, no, you can't do that. Go ask him to pray for you. To do something he should have been doing all of his life, but for whatever reason did not. And when I went and asked, all of a sudden, the pain and the hurt and the bitterness and anger all started coming out. But still... Those things can linger even a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, I was at my son's home and I started to go to bed and I was about to walk up the stairs and he stopped me. He says, Dad, he said to me these words. He said, why don't you ever talk about your dad? And I burst out crying because I didn't know why. And I thought there's still, still such a pain of loss of what could have been. I don't know what your baggage is. I don't know what you brought to a place of marriage, but I'll tell you this. I know this young lady, regardless of what he brought, she's willing to stand with him, pray with him, aren't you, Michelle? And you are. He's pretty perfect. <laughs> he came here about six years ago, messed up. He said to me yesterday or the day before, messed up. Walked into this building and Christ saved him. He's a changed man by the power and grace of God. <laughs> Praise God. You know, maybe you carried around the results of sexual abuse in your life. This church has that calls this our home church, several thousand women. I would venture to say hundreds were abused sexually, and even some men, but mostly women. And that is one of the most painful, 
horrible things that could happen to a child or a young girl. And I've seen through the years the pain and the results of that horror. One time I heard this lady had gone 30 years of her life and never told anyone, including even her mother. I don't know if it was out of fear that was put there by the voice of the abuser. I don't know. But I plead with you. Share with somebody. Talk to somebody. Pray with somebody that you trust. Come to a counselor. I saw one woman. She came up to me. She said, Pastor, oh, I was sexually abused. It was bad. And she said, but I'm free. And I said, how did you get free? She says, I believe what you said about the Word. I believe what God's Word said about me. And God delivered me and helped me. And I, I just got healed of all that pain and hurt. We wouldn't, we wouldn't never call sexual abuse baggage. We would call it the deep pains of life. Well, you guys, you're going to put all your baggage on the altar, aren't you? That's where your baggage goes. That's where those things people did to you and those things you did yourself that now you walk around with a weight on your shoulders. And as I said, I think probably Alice thought I was perfect and then she discovered I was not. Thank God for someone I was patient, loving, forgiving. And then the same with her. No one, no one is perfect. Guys, now that you've got all that taken care of, you may kiss the bride. And it's an honor to present to you Mr. and Mrs. David Vargas. God bless you guys, and uh, thank you so very much. Would you bow your heads with us, please, as they slip out of the auditorium, <laughs> pulling their little cart with the cans behind it. Thanks to the media team and all they did, and Pastor Jonathan. Praise God. Jew. Would you bow your heads there at the campuses also on, online just as a, a point of introspection? It's just sometimes good to close our eyes as the Spirit is touching us and dealing with us. Holy Spirit of God, most in this room, if not all, could stand up and say, that God has delivered them of so much baggage. There are others that would say, God, I need you to deliver me of the stuff, the baggage I carry around. God, set me free. Set me free. God, set me free. I've carried it too long. Like the woman that carried that pain, that awful, horrible pain for 30 years. Oh, God help people to carry it no more. 
or at least to not walk out of here carrying it, but to carry it to this altar or carry it to a place of surrender. God, touch every heart, every life, every person that's listening. Touch us, oh God, and help us. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.